Praise the Lord. The miracle, the miracle man. Amen. Twice brought back from the death. Amen. Thank God. Thank God for having him in the building. We also would thank you for uh, your, your giving, and we appreciate it. Let's, let's uh, bow our heads. We're going to pray over the word of God. Then we're going to move forward. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, God. And even as we celebrate Brother DeMarwin and what you've done in his life, thank you for all of us, how you brought us all from many things, God, where we should have been dead and gone. But somehow your hand has protected us, stepped in, made a way out of no way. When our backs were against the wall, God, you stepped in and turned things around. And God, we just come here just to say thank you and to praise you and to appreciate you. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like our God. And we appreciate you. Now, God, I'm asking that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, God. Let it be all of you, less of me. Let the people be eternally touched and blessed. Let no one's coming be in vain, and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. amen. One other thing we always do, we confess over... Uh, the word before we get started. So would you just grab your Bibles in your hands or you can just point at the screen or if you're with your mate, you can hold your mate's hand, whatever feels good for you. But just repeat after me. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple, where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our Creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, Pastor Andre, feed me this word. Me this Pastor, word. Andre, Pastor Andre, preach this word. Preach this now, if you believe it, go ahead and make some noise. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, I'm trying to take my time and walk into this. But uh, last week, uh, we were on the topic, Broken Beyond Repair. Uh, broken Beyond Repair. And I believe I, I'm from that, I'm starting a series that talks about brokenness. And so the premise of it, and, and we'll show you where it came from. It came from Matthew 14, 1 through 21. But just to catch you up, the premise of it is that when you're broken in all the right paces, God has a way of repairing you so much beyond that people don't know you're broken, but you know you're broken. Broken in such a way that it humbles you, but broken in such a way that all the good stuff comes out of you. And so today, once again, we'll, we'll reference again, today is Palm Sunday. And so what that means, it, it shows when Jesus entered into Jerusalem. It was a week before we see him, his death, burial, and uh, his, his crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And of course, on next Sunday, we'll be talking a lot about the resurrection but I wanted to talk about this Palm Sunday for a second. So let me make sure again that everybody has one that wants one. If if not, just just yeah, wait, wave it at me. I want I want to see y'all y'all waving them if you can, because it's it's going to be important as we move forward. So 
Today, what we're going to talk about is breaking the unbreakable. Breaking the unbreakable. Say that when we say breaking, breaking. The, unbreakable. the unbreakable. I will go ahead and give you the premise ahead of time so that you'll be tracking well with me and you'll know exactly where I'm going. But the idea of this is that when you've been broken in all the right places, it doesn't mean that there aren't still things around you that yet feel unbreakable. People in careers will say, I, my career is going well, but it seems like there's a glass ceiling. In other words, there's only so high I can go. They're only going to let me go so high. There are certain cycles that we can't seem to break. There are certain issues that seem unbreakable. But God told me to announce to you with his help, he is going to help you break the unbreakable. Now, you may have had it for years. You may have been stuck in it for years. You may have succumbed to it for years. The obstacle may have been there for years. You may look like there's no hope at the end of the tunnel. But God sent me on assignment to tell you there's some stuff breaking in your life today. There's some issues breaking. There's some chains breaking. There's some poverty breaking. There's some depression breaking. There's some anxiety breaking. There's some addictions breaking. There's some junk that just because you got here and just because you tuned in, God told me to tell you there's some stuff breaking off your life today. Not tomorrow, but today right now in OW now God brought you here to deliverance temple to deliver you from some stuff because God is a good God God is a mighty God God is a powerful God and God is in the breaking business he's in the breaking business now now of course we all have some stuff. We, we, we say, if, if, you, if you're part of this ministry, you understand that we talk pretty candid, pretty honest, and we're saved and addicted sometimes, saving God issues. And I'm not saying the thing will never show up again, but what I'm saying, its hold on you will not be the same after today. That, that, that there's going to be some things that will lose its luster because the power of it has been broken. Yeah. Because today we are breaking the unbreakable. Let's look at Matthew 21, 1 through 22. That's, that's where we're going to be dealing with it. We're going to stay all within that scripture. I'll probably quote a few others, but this is the passage we're going to be staying from. And from here, I'm going to work it. To get you to believe what I told you. Of course, you waved your, your little, little palm, but I'm going to get you to believe what I told you because God reminded me his power to break things free. Just, just a few seconds ago, actually a few minutes ago, we were celebrating someone that when I got the call, they told me that, that uh, pray for Minister Marwin. He's on his deathbed, and here's, he is sitting at church because when God get ready to break, he can break anything. Hallelujah. told you about my mother-in-law. We got a call about my mother-in-law, but my mother-in-law was sitting at my house last night because when God get ready to break, he can break anything. It may previously seem that it's unbreakable, but the breaking anointing is showing up for his people. All right. Let's let's slow down and let's let's give us some definition. We used this last week because we're going to stay with this, uh, this definition broken. Number one, having been fractured or damaged 
and no longer in one piece or in working order to separate or cause to separate into pieces as a result of a blow, shock, or strain. I just want to focus on that for a second. God is getting ready to deal some of your enemies a blow, a shock, and a strain. All right, let's, let's look at this. Breaking. Here's some synonyms for breaking. Smashing. Shattering. Bursting. Fragmenting. Crushing. Snapping. Rupturing. Separating. Severing. Breaking into bits and pieces. Later on, I'm going to come back to this definition and tie it into what we're talking about. So let's start, Mother Mitchell. Let's start with Matthew 21 and 1. And let's work this. Somebody say, work it, Pastor. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples. He sent two disciples ahead of him. Verse 2. Saying to them, go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. This verse is just for Brother Will to prove to him that the colts are better than the stealers. It's right here. <laughs> In the Bible. I, could, I couldn't resist that. I'm sorry. Read it again. Read it again. Saying to them, go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied. A donkey what? Tied. Okay. And a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. A donkey that was tied. A donkey that was tangled up. A donkey that was restrained and restricted. And the saying from God to the disciples is, go and get it and untie it and bring it to me. Now look at verse 3. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them. And he will send them at once. When? At once. Now, let me try to walk softly with this. There's another word that the Bible uses for donkey. I won't say it because it's in our vernacular, it's what we call a cuss word. So here is this donkey that is tied up. But let me say it this way. Have you ever, since you've been saved, acted like a donkey? Does anybody other than me have some donkey tendencies? But the problem with our donkey tendencies, sometimes we get tied up in stuff. We get hooked in stuff that we want to come out, but we can't come out because we're tied up. See, I, I really can't say that I didn't like some of the sin I was in. Some of the sin I enjoyed, the problem is when I wanted to let it go, it wouldn't let me go. Yes. I, I didn't mind getting drunk on the weekends. The problem was when I didn't want to get drunk on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, something told me you need to do it because I was playing with it at first, but then it got a hold of me. Yes. But this donkey particularly, this donkey was untied, and they said, if anybody asks you why you untied it, you only have one thing to say. The master has need of them. Yes. I'm here to tell some of y'all, yes, you tied. 
And yes, you acting a donkey, but because the Lord has a need of you, you getting the breakaway of some of this stuff. It's coming off of your life. There's nothing you did to deserve it. But because the master has need of you, some stuff got to break off of your life. I, I feel some room. I feel some stuff late breaking off of me. I'm being untied. I'm being untangled. Yeah. I'm being unloosed. unloosed. Now, I know y'all waving and enjoying it, but, but let me say that sometimes the untying comes in a way you don't expect it to come. Because when that man start ghosting you, you're going to get mad. But that's God untying you from that no good joker that wasn't going to do you no good. So he caused him to leave you alone. Don't cry about it. God is letting you go free. Free. There's some people that are walking out of your life and you're getting ready to cry about it. But you shouldn't cry. You ought to thank God. These people are getting out of my life. I'm being untied. I'm being untangled. Because the reason why I stay a donkey is sometimes because the people that's in my life. But I'm here to tell you God is unloosing the tangles, unloosing the ties, unloosing everything that's holding you back. If you just got enough room, you ought to just shake yourself. This is the last time I'm going to be this sick. This is the last time I'm going to hurt like this. This is the last time I'm going to be confused. Because God is breaking some stuff off of my life. I'm talking to you, but I'm preaching to myself. Some stuff is changing in my life today. Today. Why? Because you know scriptures? Why? Because you're so special? No. Because the master has need of me. And God has chosen to use me. And God has chosen to use you. And that's why somebody else did the same thing that you did. But they got locked up and you didn't get locked up. They got addicted and you didn't get addicted. They ended up in the crazy house and you're still here. Because God got a plan for your life. And when God got a plan for your life, no devil, no demon in hell can stop it. What God has for me, it is for me. Don't hate on me. God chose me. Don't get mad at me. God chose me. Don't laugh at me. God chose me. This is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous. God getting ready to bless your business just because he's ready to bless your business. Folk going to get mad at you, but you ain't got to worry about them getting mad at you. God going to bless it because he going to bless it. God going to do it because he going to do it because he said, I have chosen you and I have need of you now. Let's continue to read. Let's look at the fourth verse. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Verse 5. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Not only did the donkey get untied, but Jesus sat on the donkey. Let, 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 me, let me be honest. I, I'm a pastor. Yeah, I understand that. And I have had some donkey tendencies in the past, and God has untangled me. But the reason why I didn't go back to what he brought me out of, the scripture says, like a dog going back to his own vomit, the reason why I didn't go back is not because of me. It's because God sat on me. 
I wanted to do wrong, but God sat on me. I, I wanted to mess it up, but God sat on me. I almost messed up my marriage, but God sat on me. I almost lost my job, but God sat on me. I almost said the wrong thing at the wrong time, but God sat on me. I'm here to let you know when you want to mess up, you're going to find the presence of God sitting on you and holding you and keeping you from doing what you want to do. Have you ever almost missed blowing it real bad? Yeah. Now, now, now we've all blown it real bad, but some of us almost blew it real bad, but just just missed it. I, I, I'll give you an example. I've told this uh, several times to my church, but some of you who have never heard this story, I, I, I'm, I work for General Motors, and I'm, I'm working on my, what, 26th year at General Motors? But the weekend that I got hired at General Motors is also the same week that I got let go from another job. So the job told me it was supposed to be, it was max on. We were supposed to work as temporaries and then we were supposed to get hired on full time. And I was there for like six weeks and everybody said they always hire the temporaries. They always hire the temporaries. I was happy. It was the most money I'd ever made. I was so excited. I remember one time I was so excited. I was praising God on the job. And some man looked at me and said, why are your mouth moving so fast? I was over there. I was having a good time in the law. But then they came to me on the sixth week and uh, told me Wednesday, they said, today's your last day. Pick up your check Friday. We no longer have need of you. So I went from up here to down there. And Wednesday, that was Wednesday. Thursday, it just rose up in my spirit. Forget this God stuff. Forget all this believing. Go smoke you some weed and just have a good time and take the edge off. And so all Thursday, all I wanted to do was smoke a bunch of weed and just have me a pity party. But for some reason, I was living with my parents and I didn't want them to know I wanted to smoke some weed. So I had to figure out how I was going to do it. And after all that, I just got tired and went to sleep. I was too tired to smoke the weed. I was too depressed to smoke the weed. But when I went back to work Friday to Maxon to uh, pick up my last check, I got a call from my mother. And my mother said, General Motors called and they want you to take a drug test tomorrow. And I've been there for 26 years. Here's the thing. I almost messed it up, but God sat on me. I don't know if there's anybody else that you almost messed it up, but if it wasn't for the mercy of the Lord, if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for God sitting on you, let let, 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 let me see if I can bring it uh, to to other things. Uh, There's times me and my wife have got in arguments, and there's some stuff I wanted to say. There was some stuff in me to say, but something said, don't you say that. That's right. One thing I learned about women, you can say stuff when you're mad, but it'll live with them a long time. Yes, it will. The reason why I've been married 20 years, 22 years, is because sometimes God will just sit on me. Sit on me. And if you have ever messed up and act a donkey in your life, you thank God when God will just sit on me. Sit on you. Somebody say, sit on me, Lord. Sit, sit on me, Lord. Keep me from acting a fool. God, keep, keep me from messing this thing up, God. Keep me from blowing it, God. Keep me on the right path. God, sit on me. Let me, let, 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 let me, let me get up here and just see if I can demonstrate. Just, just God, just, just sit on me. Hold my mind together, God. Hold me together. I, 
I know some folk. I, I know somebody last, uh, last year or almost two years ago, they, I was talking to them and they reached out to me and they said, you know, you was talking to me. I was thinking about committing suicide. I was thinking about ending it all. I was thinking about that, 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 that there's no need for me anymore. But now their life has turned around and things are clicking in their favor. And they told me, I'm so glad I didn't do what I wanted to do yeah. because God sat on me. He kept me from messing it up. He, he kept me from blowing. Thank you, God, for breaking the unbreakable. Hallelujah. All right, let's, let's go to verse 6 and 7. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Yes, okay. Verse 8. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road. And others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. So these are the branches that we get. They, they cut branches from these trees and they spread them on the road. They put the coats on the, the donkey and they put the coats on the road. Now this is what it, quite interesting. When you think of what a coat represents in those days, it represents an mantle. And it represents an anointing. And even though this was a donkey, they put the coat on the donkey and Jesus sat on the donkey. But the coat represents a mantle or the anointing. I'm so glad that even though I've been a donkey, I'm still anointed. Yes. Even though I done done some stupid stuff, I'm still anointed. Yes. The devil says, well, well pastor, you, ha you, you had pornography in your life. Yeah, I sure did. But I'm still anointed. Well, you've been cussing in your life. Yes, I sure was. But I'm still anointed. Well, you done drunk since you've been saying yes, but I'm still anointed. I'm here to let the devil know you can't stop this anointing because what God has put in me, what God has put on me. Yeah, I know I've been a donkey in my life, but me and Jesus, we can conquer this entire world. Yes. So devil, get out of my face. I got something worth living for. I, I got something to praise God yes. for. And here's the problem. I got to uh, slow down real quick. Here's the problem with some of y'all. Y'all let the devil talk to your head. Now, sure, he's telling some stuff that's true. The devil is a liar and the father of lies, yeah. but he don't always start with a lie. He start with the truth. He tells you, you no good. But guess what? I already knew I was no good. But here's the thing. What? The devil won't tell you the truth behind that. Yes, I'm no good, but God chose me anyhow. Yeah. Yes, I'm no good, but God anointed me anyhow. Yes, I'm no good, but God died for me anyhow. Yes. And big dumb devil, you're the one that got kicked out of heaven. So why are you talking about me? You ought to be looking at yourself. So get out of my face. I'm anointed. I may be broke, but I'm anointed. Yes. I may be depressed, but I'm anointed. I may be addicted, but I'm anointed. And guess what? I'm not going to stay broke forever. I'm not going to stay depressed forever. I'm not going to stay sick forever. Because with me, Jesus, and the anointing, some stuff is breaking off of my life. Yes. Now, here, here's another thing. If he can't get to you, he'll talk about your family. I'm getting ready to go to college. Well, ain't nobody in your family been to college. I, I'm getting ready to get married. Well, there ain't nobody in your... Listen, I, I ain't everybody in my family. I'm Amen. me. So, devil, get out of my face. I'm the one that's getting ready to break the generational curse. I'm the one that's getting ready to change this whole thing around. The reason why it couldn't happen because all my family members listen to your dumb tale. But I'm not listening. I'm doing what God has called me to do. I'm going further, faster. I'm going higher. I believe some stuff is breaking off of my yeah. family's life all because of me. me. 
Some of y'all are the generational breakers. Some of y'all are the one that's going to turn the family all the way around. Don't listen to what the devil says. You can do whatever God tells you you can do. Amen. I'm too old to go to school. The devil is a lie. I'm too broke to start a business. The devil is a lie. I've been in it too long to break this addiction. The devil is a lie. I'm here to let you know some stuff is going to break because God said the time is now. All right, let's let's look at verse 9. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Now, anytime I've looked at the scripture or preached it previously, it always bothers me because the same people that cried Hosanna just days later was saying crucify him. And so it reminds me that one minute we could be celebrating God and another minute we could be turning our back on God. And so when I first came to the scripture, that's where I thought I would go. But Jesus said, no, that's not where you're going today. Because God is not going to worry about what we did wrong. Because if we worried about what we did wrong, we would never leave church because we all done done some stuff wrong. Some of y'all did stuff wrong driving up on the parking lot. So I'm not going to talk about what we did wrong. I'm going to start talking about what we can do right. The problem with church is we only talk about the problem. You only want to talk about the sin. Yeah, we all sin. Yeah, we all messed up. But I want to talk about the solution. I want to talk about somebody that can turn me around. Yes, I'm a fool, but God. Yes, I messed up, but God. Yes, I tore up, but God. But God, but God, but God. Well, you, you, you broke past Andre, but God. You know you're sick, but God. But God. You, you know you get angry sometimes, but God. But God. Maybe if we start focusing on God, yes. we start stop focusing on our troubles and our issues, and maybe we can come to a church that won't beat us up for being human. Amen. Now, now I, 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 I'm not talking about wickedness. There's some wicked folk in the world, like Putin is wicked. Yes. I, so we, we know there's some folk that are wicked, but some regular human folk come to church and get treated like they're wicked. There's a difference between wickedness and weakness. Many of us are weak, but we're not really wicked. Yes. And the reason why I know that is because when we are weak, we feel bad, but wicked folk don't care. That's right. Wicked folk will steal from you and laugh about it. Wicked folk don't care. Wicked folk will cheat on you and cheat on the next one. Wicked folk will have seven families and juggle all of them. Folk are wicked. But that ain't, I ain't talking to that. I'm talking to y'all. Because if you were wicked, why would you waste your time coming to church? Wicked folk don't come to church. Wicked folk don't tune in online. All the stuff you could be watching, all the stuff you could be doing, but something in your heart says, I got to be in the house of the Lord. So why, when you get in the house of the Lord, would I dog you for all the stuff you've done wrong? Ooh, your dress show is tight. You mean, is that the only thing I can say to you when you come in the door? 
Ooh, you smell like cigarettes. That's the only thing I can say when you come in the door. What about, I'm so glad to see you. Yeah. God's going to change your life. God is there for you. I'm so glad you made it. I, I'm so glad Hallelujah. to know that God yeah. loves you like Hallelujah. he loves me. And God's going to break some stuff off your life. Yeah. So come with your cigarette smelling self. I got a place for you. Come with your tight dress. Or hopefully you can buy some looser dress later on. But come with what you got on right now. We're going to love you yeah. right where you are. Because when God starts breaking things over your life, you'll realize you got more to offer than just your body. Yes. When God starts breaking stuff over your life, you find out in order to cool my stress, I don't really need cools and menthol. In order, when God starts breaking stuff off your life, yes. your life begins to change. Yes. And guess what? I'm one of those pastors that realize it don't change overnight. So guess what? I'm with you as long as you're with me. I got folk in my membership that's been uh, hooked on cigarettes for 20 plus years. Yeah. But they still got a place with us. Because yeah. we're going to love you. You might, get, you might turn around in the 21st year. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm not yeah. going to dog you. I'm with you because God is with me. And God is going to break some stuff off of our lives. Yeah. In other words, church should not be a sorry place to go to. Because when I go there, I know I'm going to feel bad. No, it ought to be a happy place. Now, yes, you're going to get convicted from time to time. But you, it ought to be a joyous place because it's like the hospital. God's going to take care of you. Yeah, he may have to, to, to straighten you up. But it's okay because this is a place where we all can belong. So we're going to cry Hosanna in the highest. Let, let, let's look at this. Let's put, put it up. Hosanna meaning in Hebrew. The meaning in Hebrew is just a cry for help. But in Greek, it means save, rescue, savior. So, Hosanna is a cry for help. So, guess what? I was tricking y'all. I taught y'all to wave this when you were feeling good in the service. But really what you're doing, you're waving to say, God, help yeah. me. God, help me. See, the problem with another, another problem with church folk, they come to church for somebody else. Oh, you should have been there. No, no. I'm like the songwriter say, Lord, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh, Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. God, help me. Yeah, I'm preaching to you, but I need help. God, help me. God, rescue me. God, save me. God, deliver me. God, come through for me. God, fix it up for me. God, turn it around for me. Because I need it. Let me tell you something. The life that we live is not an easy life. I'm not just talking about us as Christians. I'm talking about everybody. This is a stressed out age. And then the pandemic on top of that. The fact that we have even a modicum of mental health is a miracle. We all should be crazy. We done gone through so much death, so much sickness, so much trouble, so much starting and stopping. And, and don't know who you can hug. And you can't go to Thanksgiving. And you can't go on vacation. And you're flying in the plane with a mask over your mouth. And all this stuff going on. And somehow we're still here. And we still got a smile on our face. And then here's the thing, because in the midst of it, we're saying, God, help us. God, God, help me. God, deliver me. God, if you don't do it, it won't be done. God, if you don't fix it, it won't get fixed. If you don't work it out, it won't get worked out. So God, help me. Now, if, if, if you're lost at sea, 
and you're drowning in the middle of the ocean and a boat comes by, you don't be like, hey, here I am. If perchance you can come by and pull me out, I would appreciate it. No, help me, here I am. And you may not be able to yell like that in church, but when you get by yourself with God, maybe you ought to say, God, help me. And I'm here to let you know that the help is here. Yeah. That we used to say help is on the way, but I'm here to let you know the help is here. So actually, let's let's go to this next point. This will help us understand it. Let's look at uh, Jesus' name. It's a lot of confusion about Jesus' name. Jesus' name in Hebrew is Yahshua or Yeshua or Yeshua. In Greek, it is Iosis, where we get the English of Jesus. People say his name ain't Jesus. Well, no, it's not Jesus because he was not English. He was Hebrew and Arabic and so all those names. But at the end of the day for us, since we are speaking English, we call him Jesus. If we were Spanish, we'd call him Jesus. If we was Greek, we would call him Iosis. If we was Jewish, we would call him Yeshua. But here's the thing. It's not how we say his name or how we pronounce it. It's what his name means. What's his name mean? Put it back up. His name means the Lord saves. So when they yelled, Hosanna, help, save, they were yelling it to the only one who could actually help and save. Let me give you uh, this example. I, there, I've been in places where uh, I can't remember the first time. The second one, I know for sure what happened. But the first time, it made me go to a concert or a festival and somebody passed out. And somebody yelled, is there a doctor? And it just so happened to be a doctor a few rows over. And the doctor came and did a rescue. Another time I remember specifically, it was when I was playing basketball at my school, at my high school. And somehow the cheerleaders with the God bless the cheerleaders. They weren't the best cheerleaders in the world. And so they tried to do a stand, and somehow the girl missed the stand and fell and hit. We were playing basketball, all we hear is, oh, everybody looking over there. And they looked and said, is there a nurse in the house? And my mother was in the house. And my mother went over and administered. In other words, the moment that the cry and the problem came, there was already an answer there before the problem showed up. And I'm here to let you know that the Lord's name means the Lord saves. So before you ever had a problem, he was already positioned to be there to save you. But if you don't ask for it, he don't have to give it. But if you ask for it, I'm here to let you know you're calling the right place. You're in the right place at the right time to say, Lord, save. And God says, here I am. I'm right here. Guess what? Here's what you need to understand. He was there all the time. He's been there all the time, but until you fall and bust your head, you don't even know that you need him. But when you fall, that's when he shows up. Here I am. And I'm here to let you know the reason why the unbreakable is breaking because the Savior is right there with you. And the moment you wave this thing and say, God help me, God says, here I am. And here I am with what? I'm, I'm here with the help that you need. Now here's another thing. The help that we need is not always the help that we want. So don't get mad because he's giving you help that you don't really want, but it's the help that you need. And like I told you before, sometimes the help that you need is people exiting your life. And we like to hold on to people. And I talk about it in Bible study. When Satan wants to mess up your life, he usually brings somebody into it. 
And some of y'all, y'all don't get so dirty with me. Some of y'all know them relationships is the reason why you crazy now. It was that last girl or that last man. The reason why I'm half nuts now is that last one I had. But God knows how to rescue you from a bad relationship. Somebody that the devil sent into you, an inside job. The devil planted a spy to mess up your life. Have you ever wondered how did I get with them in the first place? It was the devil. But here's the thing. God can save you from a bad relationship. God can save you from bad choices. God God can save you. But all you got to do is cry out and say, Lord, help me. Another problem we have is we don't like to be honest. We like to act like, oh, I got it all together. You ever heard addicted people tell you they wasn't addicted? I I, I can quit this anytime I get ready. Well, for 15 years, you ain't got ready yet. But when you're honest, I can't quit it. I want to let it go. It's got a hold on me. Help me, God. I'm here to let you know God will help you. It may not do it overnight. It may take 12 steps. It may take a couple years. But I'm here to let you know, and I can tell you from experience, God is a delivering God. And don't let no dumb Christian tell you, you got to get cleaned up before you come to God. Come messed up and watch God work it out. We used to sing a song back and they say, Jesus will work it out if you let him. Telephone disconnect. Waiting on your next paycheck, but Jesus can work it out. I'm here to let you know Jesus can work it out if you would let him. All right, let's, let's do this. So here's, here's our confession one. We're going we're gonna to say these confessions. These are going to help us as we do. Now, as when we confess, we're going to grab our palm. Because remember, our palm is saying, Hosanna, come help. So here's our first confession. I'll read it, and then you'll, you, you will quote it after me. So let me read it first. This palm represents my God breaking through and rescuing me when I need it most and cry out to him. My God always saves and delivers me. Come on, say it with me. This palm, this palm represents... My God breaking through and rescuing me when I need it most and cry out to him. My God always, my God always, my God always saves and delivers me. If you believe it, clap your hands. All right, let's, let's keep it moving. Let's look at Matthew 21 and 10. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? When God begins to start delivering, it stirs up everything. The first thing to get stirred up is them ugly demons that don't want to let you go. So here's the thing. Once you feel like God is touching you, sometimes your life gets worse. And it's not that God isn't breaking things. It's the demons are throwing a hissy fit because they got to let you go. Don't get tricked when things get worse for a second and worse for a season. It's them devils kicking on their way out. But guess what? They got to go. The demons is getting evicted out of your life. They got the eviction notice and they got to go. Now, ignorant people, when they get evicted, they punch a hole in the wall on their way out. Just that's what wicked folk do. And this is what the demons do on their way out. They try to cause some turmoil. But guess what? Them demons is letting you go. They coming out. Your life may, listen, when you leave here today, the devil may try something. But remember what I told you. He's on his way out. All right. Let's look at verse 11. 
And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Verse 12. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. Hold, hold on just a second. So the folk in the streets was yelling, Hosanna. But Jesus had most trouble with the folk who was already in the temple. Sometimes the worst folk is the church folk. The folk that's delivered, they on the outside trying to get in, but the first folk in, sometimes the more the worst folk. But the Bible says judgment begins at the house of God. Stop going on the street and telling the street folk that God going to get you. No, God going to get you. God going to clean up his house. He's cleaning up us so we can stop acting a fool and so we can open the doors and let people in. What God is going to break, he's going to break that religion. He's going to break that judgmental spirit. He's going to break them nasty attitudes. Some of the nastiest evil people you've ever met live in the church. And they got positions and titles. And will cuss you clean out. No, no, they may not use cuss words, but have you ever, ever had a mean usher just look at you in a way? Spit your gum out. Jesus. If you grew up like me, there was some mean ushers, man. I tell you what. But, but God is changing the church to where we have a good spirit. He's breaking down that religious spirit so that everybody that comes in will feel comfortable. If you're visiting today for the first day, I hope you feel comfortable. I hope you feel the love of God. I hope you feel like you belong because God is jacking us up to make sure we make it yes. so everybody feels comfortable. Let, let, let's see what Jesus says in, in verses 13 and 14. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you made it a den of robbers, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, let, let, and let, he healed them. Yes, let me put it in, in modern vernacular, or my vernacular. You, you, you done made my church a money grab. I, since I'm a pastor, let, let me tell y'all, some of y'all since you're here, some churches, all it is is a money grab. They don't care about your life. They don't care if you get better. They don't care nothing about it. It's just a money grab. And Jesus dealt with the temple. He said, you, my church is supposed to be a house of prayer, a house where people can say, save me. But what it's coming to is how much money you got. And the more money you got, the more prominent you can be. Let me tell you something. Yes, this church needs money. We need money to operate, but I will never treat you like a dollar sign. I'll treat you like a soul because I don't want God kicking me out because I'm making this a money grab. Now, guess what? If I wanted to make this a money grab, this ain't the place I would be. I wouldn't be passing in Muncie if I wanted to make this a money grab. I, I go to a big city, boy, and, and, and really stir people up. And at the end of it, uh, everybody with a $10,000 seed come to the altar. <laughs> but I'd rather go to hell than treat church like a money grab. Because yeah. what I want to see, I want to see souls saved. And if I never get the money when I get to heaven, at least I can say I treated people like human beings, yeah. like souls that need to be delivered. And guess what? When you don't treat it like a money grab, the money comes anyhow. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
so you're not a dollar sign to me. You, I, I, I don't care how much you give. Yes, it's nice if you give, but I love you because God told me to love you. Yeah. And Jesus, the only time we really see him get angry is he came to the temple and he ran them out. Let, let, let me explain what they were doing. At, at the temple at the time, um, people would have to bring sacrifices, animal sacrifices, in order for the atonement of their sin. So some people didn't have the money to have certain sacrifices, so they would bring and sell them the, the animal for the sacrifice. In other words, so the scripture says you're supposed to bring an unblemished animal. And if you couldn't bring an unblemished animal, you bring a dug of pigeons. The, God said that you all the way down, basically everybody come, bring what you can. But what they would do is say, oh, no, your pigeons aren't good enough. Here, let me give you an unblemished animal. But the animal wasn't unblemished. They would paint the animal and make it look unblemished and charge them and keep and pocket the change. They was doing all kinds of stuff right in the temple. And I'm here to let you know it's some no good pastors and there's some no good churches that do stuff. And some of them focus on TV. Don't you send your dollar to another Jack Lake preacher on TV. Hollering, yelling, ain't got no anointing. Here, I'm going to sell you green miracle oil. That ain't nothing but Kool-Aid that they selling that they done packaged. Don't buy that junk. It's just a money grab. Not all of them. There's some good, powerful men of God. But when it don't sit well with your spirit, you got to be willing to walk away. All right, let's continue to read. Let's look at verse 15. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, And the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. They were indignant. The truth of the matter is they was ignorant. Oh, by the way, this is anointed water for $75. You can have this at the end of service. $75. You can have this anointed water. But guess what happened? When they were crying out, Lord, save me, the religious folk got mad. Now, isn't this the place where folk are supposed to get helped and healed? And the scripture previously, which I didn't touch on it, it says after Jesus kicked them out, the blind came and got healed. So the people who couldn't see never could see because the folk who were running the place were treated like a business instead of treated like a place where people can come and get the help that they need. And they got indignant. They got mad. Let's, let's look at verse 16. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared praise. In other words, he was saying these are baby saints. They don't know nothing. But when God wants a praise to come, he don't look at all the religious folk with a bunch of titles. He says, you got to come to him like the heart of a child. He said, out of this child, praise is coming. Y'all are missing it. Y'all don't even know I'm the Savior and the Messiah. The folk who were preaching the word didn't even recognize Jesus when he came. But the prostitutes, the winos, the people out in the street, they're the ones who recognize Jesus. And they said, Lord. Lord, save me. And they're like, don't you see what they're saying? They're calling you the Messiah. He's like, you you guys are dummies. These people with baby minds are coming in. And I'm here to let you know the baby saints is getting ready to come and flood the church. And they're coming and saying, God, save me. They're not coming with a whole bunch of these dials. They may not even 
quote scripture right. They may have Moses in the New Testament. And they may have Paul in the Old Testament. But when God gets a hold of their heart, you're about to see miracles working in the streets. We're about to see people drop the drugs down and come to the house of God. And guess what? Only the ignorant people will be mad. Everybody else is going to be happy because a revival is coming. Let's look at verse 17. And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. Now, he healed all the blind people, but the religious folk, the Bible said he left them and went somewhere else. Guess what? God is tired of folk who are blocking up the flow of his anointing. So all you religious Sadiddy people, time is up for you. This is not the season for you because God is not spending time with y'all. God is spending time with the people who have the right heart. And sometimes the person who's been in church 50 years is being leapfrogged by the person who's been in church five years. Because people are coming with a real heart. All right. So let's let's put this point up. Now we're going to change real quick. And this will help us as we get to the end of the service. Now, I have about 17 closings, so don't get excited. I'm coming to a close, but I got about 17 closings before we get there. In the Bible, palm trees are referenced as symbols of prosperity and triumph. So in your hand, not only are you saying Jesus saved, but it's a representation of prosperity and triumph. It's a representation of winning and not losing. It's a representation of success and not failure. It's a representation of things turning around in your life. It's a representation of things actually moving and adjusting. So I'm asking you to do this for a reason because it's a symbol that things are shifting in your life. So let's look at confession number two. We're going to put that up, point two. This palm represents my triumphant Savior entering into my life and triumphantly leading me into godly prosperity. So repeat that after me. This palm represents my triumphant Savior entering into my life and triumphantly leading me into godly prosperity. Godly prosperity is this. Let me tell you the opposite of godly prosperity. If you have to manipulate to get it, you got to manipulate to keep it. If you got to cheat to get it, you got to cheat to keep it. Keep it. But godly prosperity, it come, it comes out of nowhere. It just keeps coming when you don't even know. God just blesses you because He blesses you. He just breathes on stuff and stuff starts turning around. That's what I'm talking. I'm talking about walking in stuff that you can't take credit for and just have to say, God, thank you. God, I appreciate it. There's been times that I've reached in my pocket. I put an old suit on and pulled out a hundred dollars. Oh, Jesus, I didn't even know it was in there. God left it in there right when I needed it. I'm talking about God doing stuff that don't make sense. I'm talking about stuff happening that you've got to say, man. God, this is you. How did I get so blessed? I didn't cheat on no PP loan to get it. I didn't. I, I don't have no fraudulent PPP loan. No, God is blessing me because he's blessing me. You ought to wait for that. God is doing it because he's doing it. Promoting me because he want to promote me. Touching me because he want to touch me. Blowing up my business because he want to blow up my business. And I can't I say I got nothing to do with it, but God did it. All right. Look, look, let me put this picture up real quick to show you what tree this comes from. This tree actually grows in, uh, uh, in, in the wilderness area 
and it has these, it's, it's a palm tree, but it's a certain type of palm tree, but it shows you this, and from this era shows, if you are standing under it, it gives you great shade. So this also shows you the shade of, of what God does over your life. And sometimes the sun is beating on your life, but God can protect you. Somebody just wave it over your head. You're about to be protected from God. All kinds of things this represents. All right, let's go to the next, ver- uh, next point I have. And just so I'm going to explain this even more. This is a date palm. Date palm is a flowering plant species in the palm family cultivated for its edible sweet fruit. Date palm is probably the most ancient cultivated tree in the world. Next slide. It has been cultivated in North Africa and the Middle East for at least 5,000 years. The earliest record from Iraq or Mesopotamia or or in the area where the Bible is written shows that date culture was probably established as early as 3,000 B.C., 3,000 years before Christ. Next uh, one. Their stems, strongly marked with the pruned stubs of an old leaf basis, terminates in a crown of graceful Shining pennant leaves from four to six meters or 13 to 20 feet long. Now, this is just a symbol, but this is small. We're talking about 13 to 20 feet long. If you were standing under a tree that had leaves 13 to 20 feet long, you would be protected not just from the the sun, but also from the rain, also from the storms. I'm not telling you the storms won't come. I'm not telling you bad times won't come. But what I'm telling you is you are protected. That's why the Bible says he that dwelleth under the shadow of the most high. God is going to protect his people. Let's let's put this picture back up again. And let's let's tell you one more other thing about it that I think will help us. Date palm leaves are used for Palm Sunday in the Christian religion. This is this day today is what these leaves are used for. The Jews considered the date as one of the seven holy fruits. Dates are mentioned more than 50 times in the Bible. So let me show you what it looks like when this tree produces fruit. Put this up. These are the dates that grow from the tree. Each cluster can grow up to a thousand dates off of one tree. So it's interesting that this is the tree that is used because it tells us something. Let's show it what, let me show you what it tells you. Here we're going to put up the health benefits. The health benefits of dates include improved bone health, help regulate cholesterol, improve heart health, regulates blood pressure, promote brain health, benefit skin, prevent inflammation, good for constipation, and treat diarrhea. So from the head to the bottom, the date takes care of everything. Now, y'all know me, how I like to ghettoize it. From the rooter to the tutor, the date takes care of everything. So what this also speaks of, it speaks of and it symbolizes not just natural health, but if you look at that, it, it covers everything, cholesterol, skin, inflammation, any sickness in those things. So this represents not just wealth, but it also represents our health. Some of us, we don't need money. We just need a a day where we don't feel pain. We need a day where we're not sick to our stomach. A day where we can eat uh, ice cream and it don't mess us up. We just lactose and just all messed up. Listen, I want a Sunday without having to be on the toilet all day long. I need you to protect me every now and then. God, protect me. All right. That leads us to confession number three. And we're going to shift it because I'm not just talking about uh, physical health, 
But physical health is very, very, very important. Our physical health is very important. A lot of the, the other things that trigger from us is because our physical health is so bad. But there's more than just that. Here's confession number three. I'll read it. Just like the dates of the palm, this palm symbolizes the fruit of my health increasing. All health, physically, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. All right, repeat after me. Just like the dates of the palm, Just like the dates of the palm. This, palm symbolizes this palm symbolizes the fruit of my health increasing. All health, physical health, emotional health, financial health, and spiritual health. Come on, clap your hands. We're going to keep going. In ancient Rome, the palm fronds or the leaves were used in triumphal processions to symbolize victory. Somebody say victory. Victory. All right, let me give you synonyms of victory. Success, triumph, win, positive result, favorable result, landslide, achievement, conquering, beating, overpowering, crushing, mastery, superiority, supremacy, preeminence, the upper hand. Every time you've been waving this in this servant in this service, you're saying God is going to give me success. He's going to give me some triumph. I'm about to win. I'm about to have some positive results, some favorable results, some landslide. Some of y'all just need some landslide blessings, some achievement, some conquering, some beating. I need God to beat the devil off of my trail, some overpowering, some crushing, some mastery, some superiority, some supremacy, some preeminence, the upper hand. You ever felt like all my life I've been dealt the short end of the stick, but I'm here to let you know God is breaking things for you. You about to get the upper hand. God's going to turn some stuff around for you and mark my words. You ought to put it in your phone and put it in, in a journal. This is the day stuff start turning around for me. On Palm Sunday 2022, God did some stuff for me. God brought me to some victory. That's going to lead me to confession number four. Here's number four. Those things that have previously been holding me back are breaking today. The seemingly unbreakable is breaking. Breakthrough belongs to me. Victory is on the way. If you believe that, come on, grab that, grab them palms again and repeat after me. Those things, Those things that have previously been holding me back are breaking today. The seemingly unbreakable is breaking. Breakthrough belongs to me. Victory is on the way. Everybody don't have to do this, but somebody do say, come on, victory, come on, victory. Come on, victory, come on. Oh, victory, I need you to have my address, victory. I, I need you to know where I live. Come on, victory, come on, victory. We used to sing a song and say, victory is mine. Victory is mine. I told Satan to get thee behind because victory today is mine. Victory. I need y'all to jump like you like when the NCAA wins or when, when the Super Bowl is won. I need you to know victory is headed to your door. Let me, I said I would come back to this. Let me come back to breaking because we're talking about breaking the unbreakable. So guess what? This is how God's going to bring you victory. He's going to start smashing some stuff. 
He's going to start shattering some stuff. You remember how they say there's a glass ce- ceiling? you about to shatter through the glass ceiling. There's a lady named Katanji Brown Jackson who they put on the stand and dogged her out. But now she's going to sit as a Supreme Court justice because the glass ceilings are shattering in your life. God is smashing and shattering stuff. There's some stuff, the obstacles that have been staring you in the face, but today they are coming down. Come on, put it back up. Smashing, shattering, bursting, fragmenting, crushing, snapping. The reason why I don't have to snap on you because God's going to do the snapping for me. God going to do, I ain't going off on nobody. I'm just going to be calm, cool, collected, but God going to step in front of me. Yeah. yeah, see, there's some troubles I'm facing, but God going to step around and get in front of my trouble. And before you get to me, you got to go through my God and he's smashing and yeah. he's shattering and he crushing and he's snapping. I'm here. Victory is coming to my door. And it's coming yeah, to your door. Come, Lord, come. Uh, snapping, rupturing, separating, severing, breaking into bits and pieces. The enemy that you're looking at now is meant to be broken into bits and pieces. Not all success, not all money, but some of it is just the little stuff. The insomnia, the depression, the anxiety. Ooh, ooh, here's, here's one, the low self-esteem. No matter how many people compliment you, you always find the wrong thing about you. You always find the worst things about you. And God forbid if you happen to pass by the mirror after you take a shower, you pick yourself apart. But I'm here to let you know low self-esteem is getting ready to be broken off your life. One day you're going to look by the mirror and you're going to be like, whoo, shoot, I look good. I, I am somebody. Oh, I'm, your mind is getting ready to turn all the way around because if God is breathing his breath in you, the Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are somebody. I, I break low self-esteem over my life. I, if don't nobody love me, I'm going to love me some me. I am somebody. I am wise. I am smart. I am important. Why? Because God is breaking things for me. Yeah. All right. Now, let, let me add this as we come to our close. What, what closing is this? The third or fourth one? This also includes victory over things that should be working but just won't work for you, especially when you need it most. Let let me throw throw this wild example out. Everybody tell you how great Samsung washers are. Oh, they're the best washer. You go buy one for $2,000 in three months, yours mess up. Everybody else work, but your stuff always mess up. Your car always break down. Your stuff always happen. They, they tell you that they, they have they have an, uh, all-you-can-eat shrimp at Red Lobster, and when you show up, they run out of shrimp. Just everything go wrong for you. I'm breaking that, 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 that spirit that stuff never works for you. It worked for everybody but you. That is demonic. It's designed to wear you down. The Bible says Satan tries to wear the patience out of the saints. It's designed to make you feel like something's wrong with you, but I curse everything that's cursing you. Let's go back to the scripture. This will help us even more. Matthew 21, 18. So he he, he left them religious folk, went to another city. Hold on real quick. That other city was about as far as Muncie is from Anderson. That's about how far far it, it was. Maybe a little closer, but that's how far he left the temple and went to this other city. Now read. In the morning, 
As he was returning to the city, he became hungry. All right, so he, he went from the temple, he went to this city, and then he was going to go back to the temple. See, the temple had a festival that was going on all week long, but he was so irritated with the religious folk, he wouldn't even stay in the temple. He went back to this place, and then he, he was going back. And on his way, something happened. Let's read. He got hungry. Verse 19. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. The thing about the fig tree, what's interesting, the fig tree and the date tree are very close. The, the date is, is sweet and so is the fig. The good thing about the date, the date is a very sweet fruit, but it has, it's very low in fat. The, the, the fig tree actually had more fat, but Jesus was hungry and he was going to the fig tree. And whenever the fig tree had leaves, it was supposed to have figs. So it was false advertisement. I rebuke false advertisement in your life. When you met the man, he opened the door. He paid for everything. He did everything right. But two weeks into the real relationship, he, he, you find out he's a, he a fool. I rebuke you getting full of false advertisement. So let's put this confession up. Confession number five. We only have one more to go. So thank you for helping me preach this morning. Number five, we curse every non-producing thing in our lives. Either produce or die. We break your hold on us. You are no longer unbreakable because we curse you in Jesus' name. The stuff that's supposed to be working in your life, it needs to start working. That sump pump that's under your house that's supposed to be working, it needs to start working. That muffler that's supposed to be working, it needs to start working. The air conditioner, you don't put the filters in it and it still won't kick out cool air. The devil is a lie. The stuff that's supposed to be working, it needs to work in Jesus' name. Either produce or die. Get out of my life. I'm not going to be stressed out over stuff that's supposed to be working and not working. So repeat this. We curse every non-producing thing. In our lives, either produce or die. We break your hold on us. You are no longer unbreakable because we curse you in Jesus' name. I plead the blood against the devil. I plead the blood against stuff not working. The devil is alive. It's going to work for me. You, you, you ever had something that you needed to do? You needed to pay a bill on the internet and the internet go out when you need it the most. The devil is, that is demons. Demons try to mess with us, to stress us out and got us cussing and fussing. But devil, we know who you are. We curse it from messing with us. You're not going to stop nothing. You're not going to mess nothing up. Every bill going to be paid. Everything going to work. And guess what? I curse all the side effects of the medicine I take. It's only going to do what it's supposed to do. I'm not going to take medicine and end up blind. I curse the side effects. Devil, you a lie. It's going to do what it's supposed to do. And only that. Oh, yeah, we coming after that devil this morning. This is the last verses. Matthew 21, 20. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither at once? Wait, wait, wait a second. How did this thing wither at once? I'm here to let you know when Jesus speaks to a thing, it dies right away. 
There's some stuff you've been dealing with all your life, but when Jesus put his word on it, it withers up at once, right away. I'm not dealing with it another day. I'm not fooling with it another day. I'm not stressing over it another day. It withers at once, right away. Somebody say, right away. Brother Draylon, do what you're supposed to do right away, right away, right away, right away. I mean, we don't always get immediately some stuff we got to wait for, but some stuff I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting on my breakthrough. I'm tired of waiting on my blessing. God, speak a word, and when you speak the word, let it die at once. Let's look at verse 21. And Jesus answered them. Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. Jesus said the fig tree is a small thing. He pointed to them a mountain because as they went back into the temple, they would have to pass this mountain. And so he pointed to the mountain. He's, he's not saying you're really going to move a mountain. He's saying all the mountains in your life, the only thing is you ain't speaking about them. Because we get so used to failing and so used to losing, we just get comfortable with it. But you need to start looking at some mountains in your life and say, mountain, get out of my way. I'm not climbing every mountain. I'm climbing up. The rough side up and the devil is like, I ain't climbing this mountain. Mountain, get out of my way. Mountain, move. Mountain, crumble. Mountain, I curse you. Mountain, blow up. Some stuff I'm not going to deal with. Yes, I got molested when I was seven, but now I'm 77. I'm not crying over that. Mountain, get out of my way. Past, get out of my way. Trouble, get out of my way. Debt, get out of my way. A pain, get out of my way. Cancer, get out of my way. I curse it in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, if all you got to do is have faith, and I'm preaching the way I'm preaching. I'm preaching harder than I normally preach because I'm trying to impart faith in you. Because when you walk out the doors, there's going to be some mountains you got to deal with. When you walk out the doors, there's going to be some trouble you got to deal with. But that's why I want you to keep this thing. It's going to remind you that victory belongs to you. And you're going to speak to your mountains. You're going to speak to your trouble. You're going to speak to your problems. You're going to speak to your issues. And you're going to say, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Overnight is good, but everything may not happen overnight. But don't you quit. You keep speaking. You keep talking. Some of y'all got some crazy kids, some messed up kids. I, I want you to put this when you wash their clothes. Put this on their underwear. Put this on their t-shirts. Put it on their socks. Your kids are not going to be getting S forever. They're going to turn around. They ain't going to be smoking weed forever. They're going to turn around. They ain't going to be popping out babies forever. They're going to turn around. You got to get bold about this thing. You ought to get some gumption about yourself. Stop being a weak wish you watch the Christian and you tell the devil no No. guess what tell hell no No. alright last and final verse last and final verse verse 22 and whatever you ask in prayer you will receive if you have faith all you need is the faith to believe here it is Confession 6, this is our final confession. 
The number six represents the number of man. So I chose six confessions because you're going to walk out here a better man. You're going to walk out here a better woman. And the devil's going to be mad at you. He mad that you got here. He mad at you sitting in the pews. He mad at you logging in online. But guess what? We ain't thinking about this raggedy devil. We got some war to do out there. Not only are we turning around, we about to turn some other people around. We about to make a difference. But we got to have faith. Here's the final one. I'll read it, and then we will repeat it. I have the faith to break the unbreakable. Say it with me. Say, I, I have the faith, have the faith to, break to break the unbreakable. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's say it one more time. Get your, get your palms. Your date poems that symbolize victory and symbolize health and they symbolize things changing and they symbolize faith. I I have the faith faith to break break the unbreakable. unbreakable. Come on, breaking the unbreakable. Let's put our hands together. I want you, I want to say to you again, I literally anointed every one of these things. I prayed over everything I could think of. I prayed over all kinds of diseases. I prayed over money. I prayed over just everything that came to my mind. I prayed over so many. I prayed over emotional things. I prayed over everything that I could think of. Because God told me this is going to symbolize victory. Some of y'all are going to get overnight victory. Some of them is going to take a little longer. But I want you to put this somewhere where you can remember. Put it in the trunk of your car as you drive the highway. Put it somewhere to remind you that victory belongs to you. And all you got to do is have the faith. Let's bow our heads and let's have our closing prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father. We thank you, praise you, we love you, and appreciate you. God, you just put this in me, and I try to preach as hard and fast as I can. But I know some folk are going to have revolutionary breakthroughs in their life. And they're going to realize that this was the day when they partnered with you by faith. That thing shifted. Devil, we see who you are. We know who you are. We know what you've been trying to do. And the problem is you should have killed us a long time ago. But since we're still here, we're about to give you the worst days of your life. Because we're about to change and we're going to change those things around us. Now, Father God, if there's anybody who does not know you in the pardon of their sin, I'm praying in this moment that they would just say these words. Father God, come into my life. And break the unbreakable. Save me. And give me a seat in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you believe it, shout amen one more time. God bless you.